this week's Pasha is Pasha's bow, and the subject will be true freedom. There's a beautiful custom to recite the Shei Zichirot, the six remembrances, every morning, immediately after Shachrit service. The first remembrance relates to Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which is one of the most significant and seminal episodes in Jewish history. God commands self-discipline and restraint in the areas of food and sexual morality. A disciplined body is capable of retreating from pleasurable actions. Rasalvechik states that the Rambam combined both domains in the Sefer Kiddushah, the laws of the Book of Holiness. According to the Rav, Maimonides states in Hilchadayot 3.2 that one should not seek only during God, during the Nila service on Yom Kippur, but also in one's dining room and bedroom. In Egypt, pleasure was the highest value. The Egyptians developed a decadent way of life that centered around pleasurable activities. It is against this backdrop that the Torah presents the laws governing forbidden fruits and sexual morality. The Rav also suggests that there is a <clears throat> second group of mitzvot which, whose essence also derives from the Exodus from Egypt. We must draw our own, from our own experience of slavery in Egypt to institute a legal system that addresses the needs of the less fortunate. This group of mitzvot, which encompasses injunctions relating to justice and charity, also derives from our slavery and sub subsequent exodus from Egypt. Both categories of mitzvot, those pertaining to Kiddushah and those pertaining to social justice, embody the entirety of Judaism. Paragraphing Rabbi Nathan Cardozo in his book, Jewish Law's Rebellions, one can infer that rebellion leads to revolution. The Jewish nation of Israel was born out of revolution against the despotic regime of Egyptian pharaohs. While most revolutions in history have failed, with the new regime acting far more cruelly and high-handedly than the despots they replaced. When the former slaves begin to rule, they generally do so with vengeance, zealotry, vengefully expressing their new invincibility. Witness the French Revolution and the Communist Revolution. Sadly, the system be the true of the Arab Spring as well. The Jewish revolution in Egypt did not fail. Much to the opposite, its message of inalienable right of universal freedom and its abhorrence of all forms of enslavement reverberate through the present day. The Israelites emerged from slavery and free to freedom. The result of the template which brought havoc to the most advanced civilization of that time. We celebrate their exodus every year at the Seder, reading together the ten plagues. These plagues declare, declares Rabbi Huda, are remembered and symbolically categorized by a mnemonic device, which divides the plagues in three groups. That's Dam Tzifadeh and Kinim, Adash, Arov, Dever, and Shechin, Barad, Bahab, Barad, Arbe, Choshek, Mak, Bechorot. Blood, frogs, and vermin, then wild animals, animals, illness, and boils, finally, hail, and locusts, darkness, and the slaying of the firstborn.
Every group highlights the mastery of God over another aspect of Egyptian life. The first three, in which the Nile turned to blood, the water spewed forth frogs, and dust turned into vermin, demonstrates control over the water, waterways and the land. The second three, wild animals, animal illness and, and boils, demonstrate control over who, those who populate the land. And the last three, hail, locusts, and darkness, demonstrate control over what comes out of the heavens. The slaying, slaying of the firstborn expresses God's power over life and death. The Marala program of Rabbi Sanford Virtual Hirsch provide an even deeper insight into the three categories of plagues. They hark back to God's initial covenant with Abraham and the, with the patriarchs is informed, your seed will be strangers in the land which is not theirs. They shall be enslaved and shall be afflicted. Genesis 15, 13. Since the Egyptian experience serves as a paradigm for all suffering Jewish and human exile and persecutions, this prophecy delineates the three characteristics ascribed by every totalitarian persecutor to any minority group. One, alienation or gerut, enslavement, adot, and affliction, inuit. This is what Pharaoh did to the Hebrews, what Italy did to the non arians and what Stalin did to any group that threatened his authority. The Hebrews in Egypt were, were first delegitimized as aliens or strangers, then they were enslaved, and finally they were persecuted, afflicted, witnessed murder of the Hebrew male children. The Maharala Rav Hirsch ingeniously suggests that God punished Egyptians measure for measure by means of the plagues. Rav Huda brings this illusion to the forefront in his tripartite division of the plague. The first plague in each of the three major groups, blood, wild animals, hell, will make the Egyptians feel like aliens in Egypt as the Nile turned into blood, wild animals ran rampant and hell poured down on a defenseless Egyptian populace. The second play in each grouping, frogs, animal illness, and locusts, will make the Egyptians feel enslaved, devoid of property and ownership. The frogs took over their homes, the animals' illness destroyed the livestock, and the locusts consumed the agricultural crop. And the last plague of each of the three categories, vermin, blood, and darkness, afflicted every Egyptian with severe personal discomfort, making it impossible to continue living, working, and socializing. The Egyptians became subject to the very alienation, enslavement, and affliction to which they had subject the Hebrews. The most important point is not that the victims turn the table on their masters, as in the case of most revolutions. It is rather that the God of both Hebrews and Egyptians teaches the world the necessity of universal freedom under the God of all humanity. The Bible does not depict the Hebrews as invincible, conquerors after the Exodus. They're only grateful, freed men, behold to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of the universe, for their redemption. This is the message of our revolution against Egypt, as well as the form for us, four for us, and five in Israel. Expressions of redemption 
which is a major source of the four or five cups of redemption. Wine highlighting the path of a Seder. I've taken you out from under the sufferings of Egypt. I've saved you from their enslavement. I've redeemed you from the, with great miracles. I've taken you for me as a nation so that I may, may be your God. And last, I have brought you to the promised land of Israel. We dare not exit from our revolution in order to lord over any other minority. God freed us from perils and enslavement only in order that we may be free to serve God. As Hazar tells us, Avodaihem, Volavodim, Lavodim. God wants us to be not slaves to Pharaoh, but servants to God. God teaches us in the world that we must love the stranger because we were strangers in the land of Egypt. And gave us a Sabbath day in order that our Gentile servants may rest like you. For everyone must be free under God. Only a people which is committed to universal freedom has the right to benefit from a revolution and create its own nation state. The formation of yet another totalitarian regime will only increase human misery and prevent the, the, the advent of the world of peace. Honest lies in the challenge to the Arab Spring. Shabbat Shalom.